Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. We've been talking about the fact that we walk through different seasons in life. But what really caught my attention a couple of weeks ago was when he read from the first chapter of the book of Psalms, and he read to us about that tree that's planted by living waters. And he said that it says that the righteous are going to be like a tree that's planted by a riverbank, that's roots go down deep. And it bears fruit in every season. And then he picked up another scripture later on, I believe it was in Revelation, that again talks about a tree that bears fruit in every season. And this is a really peculiar thought because trees do not naturally bear fruit in every season. There are seasons when when trees go dormant and there's seasons where they come back to life, but they don't bear fruit in every season. So this isn't a natural kind of thing. It's actually a supernatural kind of thing that God wants to do in the lives of those who love him. And I began to really think about what does it mean? What would it mean if our lives were to bear fruit in every season? What would that mean for us? And I got thinking about the fact that there are seasons of my life that I would say have felt very fruitful and other seasons of my life where I would say it was really hard for me to see how anything good would ever come out of it. And there are seasons where I've stopped and I've said, how could any fruit come out of this season? Have you ever been in that place? I have several times in my life where there's been so much hurt and disappointment, so much pain, so much of my own failures and chaos going around in my life. And I've been confused and disheartened and disappointed with life in general with the things that were happening around me and the things that were happening close to me and in me. And I would think, I don't see how anything good could come from this season. I don't see how any fruit could come from this season in my life. This week we celebrate Palm Sunday as we lead into Easter. I believe that the disciples entered one of those seasons of their lives this week. Between the Last Supper and when they saw Jesus again after he was resurrected, there was this season of time where the disciples had no clue what was going on. All of the things that they had thought Jesus had come to establish, he hadn't, and he wasn't. It wasn't a natural kingdom like they thought. He was arrested. He was brutally beaten. He was hung on a cross and he died. And in that season, I believe it was really hard for the disciples to understand what good could ever come from this. It was like everything that they had hoped for was collapsing around them. Everything they had been investing themselves in for the last three years of their life while they were following Jesus was falling apart. Everything was was literally just going to pot in their lives. And they were walking through one of those seasons. And I want to narrow in specifically 
on the life of Peter and the story of Peter today. And this season of his life where everything seemed to be going wrong, where everything collapsed in on him. And we're going to begin reading in Luke 22. And we're going to read a chunk of scriptures here. Now, this is just after they've finished the Last Supper. And Jesus is going into the garden to pray. As he often did, he was retreating into a space alone where he could pray. But this time, he brings a few of his disciples with him. And we know that, that Jesus wrestles through in this moment in the garden before the Lord. He wrestles through what he's going to have to walk through in the next couple of days. And so we're going to pick up in the story as he's going into the garden. And it says this. So they arrested him. They had arrested Jesus and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. Now, we know that they had come out of the garden. Peter and, and one of the guards had gotten to, into a conflict. And now Jesus has been arrested and Peter's following along. And the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. A servant girl, a servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. And finally she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. And after a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. And he said, no man, I'm not. And about an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them. He's a Galilean too. And Peter said, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times. You'll deny that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard and wept bitterly. Now this is a moment in Peter's life where everything has crashed down. Not only the circumstances around him, but his own failure and sin within him. And I love this account that Luke gives us because I often, when I was younger and I would think of this account of scripture, I often thought that Jesus was, was arrested and like locked away somewhere, but it actually says he looked at him. He was present and he was close enough that they could look eye to eye when Peter openly denied him. And I used to sort of skip over this scripture, this, this story a little bit, because I actually thought, you know, it's pretty crazy that, that Peter would deny Jesus. And I don't think that I would ever deny Jesus' existence. And you might think that too. No, you know, I'm saved. I know Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. I would never deny his existence. And you might not. But I know for myself, I've denied him a lot of other things in my life. I've denied him access to places in my heart where I didn't want him to go. I've denied him the opportunity to move in my life. I've denied him my time and my resources out of selfishness. I've denied him a lot of things that I never should have kept for myself. And I may not deny that he exists, but I often have believed lies and denied his power to work in my life or denied that he was even 
present or listening to what I was saying. I've denied him in that way. I think we probably all have. We have these moments where, where we deny his power and his presence in our lives. And in difficult seasons like this one, we begin to question everything, don't we? We begin to question everything. And I love those four points that Andrew had last week. And if we have them, you can throw them up on the screen here. Those four points that God, if, if you've got that slide ready, that who is God, what does God do, who am I, and what am I called to do? We were looking at those four points. And I really think he was talking about the fact that that last one is really hard to do if we don't know the first three, right? But it's when we get into difficult seasons of life that we begin to question those first three, three things. Who is God? When things are going hard in my life, when I don't understand why I'm under so much pressure, I, begin, I can begin to question the character and nature of God. I, be, I can begin to question him. And when I can't see his activity in my life, I can begin to question, does he see me? Does he know about my situation? Does he care at all what I'm going through? Because I can't see him and feel him in this moment. And we begin to question who we are, don't we? That's probably been the hardest one for me in my life, the one I do most often. I'm less likely to question God, more likely to question myself if I'm really, really honest. I believe in God, I believe in his power to move in my life, but I start to think, I'm stupid, or I'm weak, or I've done something wrong so I don't deserve it. I begin to really question myself. And I believe that that is the temptation for us in hard times, is to succumb to the lies about the character of God, the activity of God, and about ourselves. Revelation 13 tells us that the enemy stands before the throne and he lies about those three things. Who God is, what his kingdom is all about, and his people. So the enemy is constantly trying to get us to believe lies about the character and nature of God, his activity and his kingdom, and the people of God, which includes ourselves. And so often when we're under pressure and we're in difficult circumstances, it's really easy to align ourselves with the lies. The truth is hard to see in difficult times. And the temptation, temptation we often think of temptation as actually doing something we're not supposed to do or going somewhere we're not supposed to go or ending up on a website we shouldn't be on. But temptation is really something that begins with a lie. It begins with a lie that God isn't really watching. He's not going to see what I do. And so then we step into it. Or it begins with a lie that God doesn't really care anyways. So I'm just going to go and do this. God's not active in my life. So I'm going to do this instead. We believe a lie and the lie actually spurs us into action. And that action becomes a sin. But the temptation always begins with a lie. It begins with something that we believe inaccurately about God, his kingdom, or ourselves. And you know what? The enemy is an opportunist. 
He doesn't care that you're wounded and that you're down and out. He doesn't care. In fact, that's an opportune time for him to come and whisper lies over your life and you're more likely to believe them and you're more likely to fall into this hopelessness because he's caught you at an opportune time. He doesn't care. Do you know the enemy has a strategy to take you out? You need a strategy to stay in the game. We're going to talk about that tonight. I'm actually going to continue this message on into worship night tonight. If you already have plans, cancel them and get here. It is going to be a great night tonight. And we're going to circle back to another part of Peter's story. And we're going to talk about getting a strategy for your life, especially if you're going through a hard season. And especially if you feel like you can't go on anymore. You need a strategy for your prayer life. You need a strategy for how to come against the attacks of the enemy in your life. And we're gonna talk about that tonight. Are you coming tonight? Is anyone coming? Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a good night. So the enemy doesn't care. So we're in a hard season. We're wondering what good could ever come from this. We're under pressure. We've maybe had some failures. All of this stuff, you know, we're confused. It's all happening. And then in James chapter one, we read this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials or temptations of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. Really? I don't often consider it pure joy when I'm in those seasons of my life where I'm faced with a lot of temptations and trials. Do you? I find this is one of those scriptures that's really hard for, it's like you take a big gulp and you go, really God? I'm supposed to consider it all joy? it goes on to say this, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So this word perseverance means steadfast or consistent. And I love this word consistent. Because as we go through some more of these seasons in life, as we walk through difficult things in life, and we see how God comes through for us, and he strengthens our faith, we get a little bit of consistency. So that when the next thing comes up, we're not tossed around like we used to be. We're not thrown all over the place by the circumstances of life and the things that come in our way and the obstacles of life. We actually can have some consistency in our life. I've met a lot of people who don't have a lot of consistency in their life. And sometimes I wonder if it's because we're unwilling to walk through the hard stuff. And we try to side skirt these things that God wants to teach us and the things he wants to do in us instead of considering it joy to walk through it. And sometimes when we walk through it, it's hard. I'm not going to kid around with you. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we can be tempted to quit because it would be a lot easier to quit and to walk away and to give up on this life because what Jesus asks us to do is sometimes hard. But can I tell you, even though it's hard, it's worth it. And if you don't hold on, you'll never get to see the beauty of how God works all things together for your good. He doesn't bring those things into your life. Let's be clear on that. 
He doesn't bring us sickness and disease. He doesn't bring evil things into our life. That is not him. It's not his character. But even though things come along in our life, he will use them for his good. But we have to be willing to surrender them to him and to walk through those seasons in order to allow him to produce that character inside of us. We have to let the work be done. I say this so many times, we all want to be a vessel to carry the anointing and blessing and favor of God, but we don't really want to be the clay, do we? That's a much harder call. But God wants to do something in your life. I want to read one other scripture. Philippians 1, 11 says this, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation which is the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Can I tell you something? I think a lot of times when we're looking at seasons of our life and we're looking to see how fruitful, we're trying to measure how fruitful this season is, we're looking at the wrong things because we think that the blessing and favor and anointing and miracles of God are fruit and they're not. The only fruit that Jesus ever talks about in your life is the fruit of righteous character. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit. That's what he's trying to produce in your life. And I feel like so often we are looking for the blessing of God and the favor of God, but we're not willing to allow him to produce his character in us. And do you know what I've discovered? And I think this is the season we're in as a church and as individuals, is that it would be unloving for God to pour out his favor and blessing on people who don't have the character to sustain it because it would actually break us. The amount of blessing he wants to pour out on our lives would be more than we could contain if we don't have the solid foundation of the character of Christ worked inside of us so that we can handle it. We would break under the pressure. And I believe God is saying to us as a church that he wants to pour out his blessing and his favor and his miracles. But we need to go through a season where we allow him to work in us and make us strong on the inside so that we can carry those things he wants us to carry. Can I tell you this? I think when we look at at the story of the Israelites, We immediately think the most fruitful season for the Israelites was when they went into Canaan and they possessed the promised land. But I don't believe that was the most fruitful season of their life at all. I believe the most fruitful season was in the wilderness because it was in the wilderness that they learned to trust God. It was in the wilderness that he worked his character and his nature and he was able to show them that I'm a good God and I'm gonna take care of your every need. You just have to be obedient and follow me. That's where the character was formed in them so that when they walked into the promised land and they began to possess and inherit all of the things that he promised them and they were plundering their enemies and taking over everything they needed to take over that they didn't crumble and and run away in fear because they knew that God was with them, but it took a long time in the wilderness for them to learn that lesson. 
And sometimes I believe we're waiting for the blessing of God. We're praying for the blessing of God, but we're unwilling to allow him to produce character in us. I think the same thing for Peter. The most fruitful season of Peter's life was not the day of Pentecost when he got up in boldness and spoke his first message and launched the early church and saw thousands of people come to Christ. We look at that and we go, wow, that's fruitful. That's not fruitful. What was fruitful was the hard season that he had to go through when he made a terrible mistake and he looked Jesus in the eyes and then Jesus died and he didn't even have a chance to say, I'm sorry. But he waited at the, at the shore where Jesus said he was going to come to see a Galilee. He said, I'll meet you there. And he found Peter and he restored him and redeemed him. And Peter went on to pen these words in 1 Peter 5. He said, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore and support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. This isn't just fancy words that we can read. Peter lived this. This is his testimony. This is his story that even though he had to go through something hard, it worked something in him. And it created a firm foundation so that when the day of Pentecost came, he did have the boldness to step out and do everything that Jesus was asking him to do. Everything the Holy Spirit prompted him to do. And he saw great miracles and he was arrested. How would he have the strength to walk through being arrested and, and, and all of the things that he walked through in his life if God hadn't been working in him to produce fruit? Fruit doesn't grow overnight. I actually live on a peach farm. And if you like peaches, you know, in August, they're nice and juicy and, and we can go out and pick them. You can't, that's illegal, but we can. We can. <laughs> People do it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how many cars I see stop at the side of the road and just walk in the orchard and pick them. I'm like, they're not yours, get lost. But anyway, that's, that's a story for another day. We love peaches in August, but peaches don't start growing in August. In a couple of weeks, our farm will be covered in pink buds because the trees are starting to burst forth life in spring so that late in the summer, we can enjoy the fruit. And often it's in the cold, dark seasons of our life that life begins to be produced. So that when we walk into the next season, there's enough there to sustain us. The fruit that God is producing in your life in this season is gonna sustain you in the next season. It's what's gonna carry you through walking in a greater, greater level of his blessing and anointing and favor in your life is what he's trying to work in you right now. And I believe that there are people in this room today who have been walking through one of these seasons where he's saying, I can't see how there could be anything good come out of this season in my life. I can't see how there could be any fruit come out of this season in my life. But I'm here to encourage you today and tell you that even though this may feel like a dark season, and this may feel like one of the hardest things you've ever walked through, God is working behind the scenes and he's creating in you the character and the strength that you need that's gonna carry you in the next season. Somebody say amen, please. 
God wants to be at work in us. Can I tell you, I went through a season about four years ago, and I've talked about this before. I talk about it quite a bit because it was a hard season in my life. I don't think a day went by in about a year and a half that I didn't cry. I was overwhelmed with emotions. There was pressures on the outside. There was things that I was doing to push back. I lost my mom in that season. It was emotional. I was overcome with grief. And then there's all the circumstances around me that don't stop spinning. My life was out of control. And I remember thinking in the midst of crying one day in my car, how could anything good ever come out of this? And I began to question, God, do you even see what's happening? It's been so long. Why don't you do something? Have you ever felt like that? I'm just being honest because I have. God, I can't carry this anymore. It's hard. I need your help. I don't see how anything good could come from this. But can I tell you, when I stand here four years on the other side of that season, I can honestly say I'm grateful for everything that happened in that season. I'm grateful for every failure that I made. I'm grateful for every person who hurt me. I pray for them. And I'm just grateful that I walked through that season because God worked some things out of my life. He brought some of those lies to the surface. He said, honey, you're believing this lie about yourself. And the reason you're so emotional is because it keeps presenting itself in your life. You don't want to deal with it, but you've got to because I'm moving you into a new season where I'm gonna pour out more of my blessing and my favor on your life, but I need you to be stronger so you can stand it. And he's moved me into that season, and so I want this to be an encouraging word for you today. God is working something in you. I'm gonna invite the band to come. We're gonna sing here at the end a little bit, but I just, I really wanna encourage you that if you're in one of those seasons today, and I believe there are people here who this word is just resonating with you. You're in one of those seasons where you can't see what good is gonna come out of this. Can I just tell you, hold on, hold on. You know, we need to come to a place in our faith where we can believe in the character of God when we can't see the activity of God. We need to be able to believe in who he is, that he is good, that he does love us, that he is working on our behalf, that everything he is and everything he does is for our good. We need to be so solidly settled in these truths that when we can't see and feel and hear him, we know he's working anyway. We need to be so settled in his character that when we don't see his activity, we're okay. We're okay. And if you don't see his activity in your life today, you know, I've, I've been in seasons too where I, I look around and I feel like, God, you're blessing everybody else. <laughs> you're pouring your blessing out over there on these people and you're doing great things. Why am I not getting any of that? Because you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. But I am preparing in you what you need to carry my blessing and my favor. That is the love of the God we serve. He so desperately wants to pour out on us, but he needs to make sure that we can handle it. And so he prepares us for what he wants to lead us into. And so if you're in that season here today, I want you to be encouraged to hold on. You're gonna be tempted to let go. 
you're going to be tempted to give up. You're going to be tempted to believe the lies about God, yourself, and his activity. You're going to be tempted to give in to these things, these pressures around you. You're going to be tempted to give in to the fear inside of you. Like I said, the enemy is an opportunist. He doesn't care that you're hurting. It's a perfect opportunity for him to walk in and wreak havoc in your life. If you're not centered on the goodness and the love and the faithfulness of God. So what is God trying to teach you in this season? What is he trying to do in your life in this season so that he can lead you into the next season? Sometimes I feel like we circle around see these seasons in our life a lot longer than we need to because we're just unwilling to learn our lesson. And we keep circling the same things over and over. So I wonder if today we could just ask God, what are you trying to reveal to me in this season? What are you trying to show me about yourself in this season? What do I need to learn in this season that I can carry with me into the next season of my life? And I've just lived long enough and followed God long enough to know that he always brings us into the next season. And he always pours out his blessing as he promised. But he would never do it until you're ready for it. Some of you have been praying for God's blessing and favor in your life. And he's saying, you're just about ready. You're just about ready. Why don't you stand on your feet with me right now? We're going to sing this song again about the goodness of God. This is a truth we need settled so deeply in our hearts that God is a good God. And even though we're struggling today, even though this is, it's a hard today, this season is a hard season today, he is good and he is working on your behalf. So this is what I wanna do. If, if you are here today and you're feeling like, yeah, Brenda, I, I get what you're saying today. I'm in that season. I'm in one of those seasons of life where I can't see how any good will come out of this. I can't see how any fruit will come out of this. Will you just slip your hand up into the air? I just want to see where you're at. I'm going to pray for you, but what I want to do right now is just ask a few believers, if you know how to pray, could you just look around and see if there's someone with their hand up, just gently lay a hand on their shoulder so they know someone's with them, someone's supporting them, someone sees them in this moment. You don't have to... You don't have to go crazy, but I just, I just want them to know that someone sees them. Thank you. Thank you. You can just gently pray over them and encourage them a little bit. And God, in this moment, we just recognize that some of us are struggling with some really hard things. And because we're a family, we don't leave anyone behind. We come alongside of each other. You have called us to be a family, a community of believers. So we come alongside these that have their hands raised in this moment. And we just speak your hope and encouragement. We cover them with our faith. We believe, God, that you are doing something so deep in their lives, that you are revealing something even in this moment 
about your nature and your character and your goodness, about our position and our identity in you, and about your activity and your kingdom. And so, Father, I just ask that you would reveal yourself to each person in this moment. And God, we ask for your mighty hand, your powerful hand, to do what only you can do, to bring life and hope to areas that have been dead. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today, and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.